Welcome everyone to another episode of Where's This Going? Before we get into it today, I want to remind my listeners that they can find all information about myself and the podcast at felix-levine.com. There you can find all episodes in both video and audio formats, as well as pictures from every recording. All my contact information, if you're a fan or a sponsor that wants to get in touch with me, you can find that all there handy for you. I also want to recommend that you go check out my YouTube channel that you can find by searching Felix Levine on YouTube. Please make sure to subscribe to it. There you can find all clips from all my episodes as well as the full episode if you're interested in watching the entire thing. I also want to give a massive shout out to my sponsor, US Wellness Meats. In today's world, eating healthy takes a lot of effort. You walk through the grocery store aisles and you're surrounded with processed foods, chemical additives, preservatives, fillers, flavorings, all that terrible stuff for your body. It's no wonder that Americans are facing growing health concerns, but here at U.S. Wellness Meats, they offer all natural foods sustainably raised on family farms, and they'll ship all of that great stuff right to your door for free. 100% grass-fed beef, lamb and bison, wild-caught seafood, pasture-raised pork, and free-range poultry has never tasted so good than at U.S. Wellness Meats. The owners are the farmers themselves, and they are the choice of championship sports teams, professional athletes, trainers, and families like yours all over America. Use promo code PODCAST, that's P-O-D-C-A-S-T, to save 15% off your next order at uswellnessmeats.com. I also want to give a massive shout out to Odd Socks. Stand out and be odd at Odd Socks. They offer some of the best quality socks in the world at the most affordable prices. They offer socks with all of your favorite athletes, actors, cartoon characters. They even have ones with different foods and beverages imprinted on them. If you're feeling classy, I highly recommend you check out their Basics line, which feature premium, stylish socks at an affordable price. Go to oddsocksofficial.com. That's O-D-D-S-O-X, official.com today. And when you use promo code WTG20, you will receive 20% off your next order. And even on orders of $50 or more, you get free shipping. So order $50 or more of socks and you'll get free shipping and 20% off using promo code WTG20. My next guest, he is a former enforcer for the Banano crime family. He lived a life of crime earlier, but now is out of jail and is turning his life around. I'm very excited to hear his story today. Please welcome Gene Barello. live gene yes thank you so much for uh for coming on today yeah sure no problem so oh there's one thing that i forgot to tell you before but i'm gonna put you on the spot right now uh what i like to ask my guests before we get started into everything is if there's maybe a little bit of a, a, a little story about you a little something that the world doesn't really know about you um from some of the articles that are out there some of the the videos on youtube that might be out there of you if there's a little thing you can think of um Maybe that people don't know about you. Uh, I'm putting see. you on the spot. I, I, you, <laughs> um, I mean, I love sports. Okay. I mean, uh, you play any growing up? Yeah, baseball my whole life. All that? Football, yeah, basketball. I was a big uh, sports guy. I love handball. love working out, exercising, everything, you know? Beautiful. Yeah. 
So for people that aren't very familiar with your story, um, you know, there's a lot to get into. Right. Um, will you give a, a, a brief background about what it is that exactly you did, um, your role within mafia crime world, um, and then and then we'll go from the from chronologically from the beginning of your life after you give us a little background on on who you are. Right. So basically, you know, you grew up in a mafia neighborhood. You know, a lot of guys are um, like he's, like everyone says. Instead of going into like, even though I played sports, you don't want to be an athlete when you're in those areas. You want to be like the mob guys. You know what I'm saying? So I got influenced by guys coming up that were in the crime world. And, you know, I got grabbed at a young age and it's like baby steps. You know, you start off with something small and then you keep, they keep seeing what you're capable of. And for me, I just kept on going and going and going. And then before you know it, you know, I was doing collections, assaults, shootings, robberies. And then it just kept, you know, escalating to being a full-time mob guy. Do you remember the first time that you, uh, like what age were you when you first kind of understood what the mob was about? I'll, since I'm young, you know, I was kind of born around it. My uncle was a pretty notorious feared guy. And, you know, growing up, we always knew who he was. You know, that Andy Ruggiano, he was a real um, powerful man. And, you know, young, you've seen him in the movie. So everyone's like, oh, that's, you, you know, related to him. And then you, you do kind of see what he is. And then you start learning. And, you know, family members tell you stories and stuff like that. So when I was probably like 15, 16, I really knew what, what it was. Did you understand... Um because a lot of some of the mobsters that, that I've had on the show actually um, talk about how, you know, the police is kind of like the bad guys and, and right. you guys are the good guys. Was that in oh, your head? Sure. Was that the same? Absolutely, man. Yeah. In our neighborhood, there's no such thing as 911. Like, you don't call it. You just don't do it. <laughs> and you could steal a piece of uh, gum from uh, a store and tell on someone, it's, uh, you're a rat. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't. It's so crazy. Wow. That's how it is. So then what, what did you think? Uh, did you know at a young age like this you were going to get into it or did you think that you would go I mean, in a different I, path? I mean, I knew I was going to be a criminal from young. I started young, you know. Um, I've been getting in trouble since I'm young. I started off with assaults and I just kept, like I said, getting worse and worse. What age was like your first assault? 16. And what, what do you remember what it was? Like, assault with a weapon, yeah. Yeah. You know, just a fight, but, you know, I used a weapon on the kid. And so, did, w w like, describe to me what kind of kid you were. Were you, I mean, was there... Was there anger? Like what? What kind of? Yeah, I have a bad anger problem. You know. What do you th Where do you think it, it came from? It's just uh, born with it. You know, it's kind of like uh, in my genes, should I say, uh, my bloodline. You know, so I have a really bad uh, anger problem. I go from zero to a hundred like like that. Wow. Yeah. And so, so your family. So you had uncle is is Fat Andy Ruggiano, right? Um, and were your was your dad in the involved uh no but he was a street guy also coming up he was always in trouble younger he was more of like just a street dude not involved with that and right. you said the, the 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 neighborhood that you grew up in was um queens queens yeah. yes and was that like for people who aren't familiar with uh you know where the most prominent places of crime are going up like right. what's what's the, what's new york city looking like well, when you're growing up well like here's the thing like for italians Middle Village, Howard Beach, certain parts of the Bronx, you'll have these Italian communities, and usually what's over there is the five families. You'll have a mixture of it. My area is mostly Gambino, Banano. So you know you're going to get involved with that. It's going to be Gambino or Banano. In certain areas, that um, Lucchese is a lot out of um, Staten Island, um, Bronx. You know, you won't really see too many Banano, Gambino guys in Staten Island, very small portion. So in my area... And Brooklyn was more Gambino Banana. Mm. 
So when you're coming up in that in those areas, those are the guys that you're going to be around probably. So it's mostly like Italian communities. Nine out of ten times are going to have mafia in it. Um, so was there like what's the what's the relationship like between the Gambino and the the Bonanno families? I mean, a lot of times they share territories. It is like that a lot. I don't know why, but it is. But it's peaceful, peacefully sharing. Territories? I mean, sometimes it can be the littlest thing could trigger it. You know, there's been so many beefs that you know, one minute you're best friends, next minute you hate each other. You know, I've seen it a hundred times. So that's just the way it is. Do you feel like you had any uh, real friends in in this life? No. None. No. No. Wow. No. Not in the mafia world, no. And how do you, I mean, how do you, uh, so you said you, your first assault was 16. Right. And how, do you remember like what you felt after it or did you, did you think like. You know, you're trying to make a name for yourself. So you think like you're a guy, you know, you're trying so, to so that's down. The, so that's it's the, the goal. Truth. When, you, when you're a wannabe, that's what you start off as. Everyone right. does. That's the God's honest truth. And. I always say the most dangerous people in the world are wannabes because they're trying to be. Right. So they're capable of anything. I always said that the guy that's going to kill me, God forbid it doesn't happen, is a wannabe because he's the one trying to make a name for himself. He'll be the one to sneak you. He'll be the one to try to say, I did it. Mm. So I could relate to that because I was once that guy trying to make a name for myself. You so, know what I mean? Right. So the whole, so, so that's interesting because it's between you want to make a name for yourself, but you're also trying to i mean you're, you're taking orders right, right? so of what course. like for you how did you balance right. you got to get your name out there first before right they get interest in you they're not going to just pick any joe schmo off the street you gotta be out there you gotta show that you're right i was doing stick-ups young i was doing bad stuff me and um my boss's nephew were terrorizing and we were bad and that's how we got noticed you know i was already doing time at 18 for a serious charge came home and that was it i was full-time do you remember, I mean, when you went to, like, when you went to jail for the first time, 18? Right. Yeah, that was bad. Adolescent Rikers Island. Wow. Bad experience. Adolescent Rikers Island. Real bad. What was that like? Oof. It's like walking into a war zone. 18 years old, I had no bail, so I couldn't even bail out. I had A1 felony, possession of a kilo of cocaine with a family member. I had no bail, nothing, and I had to go into probably the worst county jail and it is in the yeah, country yeah. and adolescence is out of control how so it's just chaos there's no control just fighting all day cuttings all day and just chaos how long were you in there for i was in the adolescence for four months then i turned an adult and went to c73 wow and then it was still bad over there you know so during those four months at, at rikers um well i did a total of 40 months in rikers island but wow. that's just my that first was for your first time right did you, was there a point when you were in Rikers that you thought, I might be done with this? I might be, when I get out, I'm done. No, no. You knew it was like, all right, once I'm out, I'm I going actually back got to along it. with the gang members. They love me. Really? Yeah, they always <laughs> do. I don't know why they love me. What, what yeah. different gangs were? Oh, Bloods, Crips, Latin Kings, you know, they were all in there, but uh, they all love me. You know, wow. I think they, they love Italian people. I don't know why. It's just the way it's it is. The accent, maybe. Yeah, it probably is. I got along with them so good. I have so many good friends that were gang members. Wow. Yeah. And so, what was? Do you remember maybe like the worst point at that first form and that first experience at Rikers? Worst story. Worst story. Um, I walked in literally. I was in there for ten minutes, and I seen a guy get a jacket torn over his head and beat 
four guys beat them up. First 10 minutes there. First 10 minutes in there. They're already just, it was just chaos everywhere. There's no control over the place. I've seen riots where they're hitting each other with belts, the belt buckles across from, from each other, 30 on 30 riots in there. The cops have no control. They're scared of the inmates. A lot of them are from the same neighborhoods. So they might not even, might even know some of the COs and tell me better not act up. You live on so-and-so block. You know, that's how it was. Some of the COs are gang members, ex-gang members that didn't get caught. It's just chaos. So, wow. So you see that first 10 minutes in, right. are you like scared for your life? I mean, like I said, I'm playing the role. You know, I'm playing a tough guy in the street. So like, I, you know, I kept my cool. I got my tea chipped in there, you know? Wow. Sure. I washed my face. Kid punched me in the mouth. I wouldn't give him my pin number for the phone. And he snuck me in the mouth. And then we fought. And then people started respecting me there because I was a white kid fighting. You know? But you must have, I mean, you're, you're like not a huge guy. Not a huge but, guy. Well, I used got, to be big. Really? I was a bigger guy. Okay. Now I slimmed down. But, but you have the technique. No, I just, yeah. I just, <laughs> you're was, scrappy. I'm just willing to go. Yeah. <laughs> you know? If I got to use a weapon, I'll use a weapon, whatever it is, wow. you know? So, uh, like I said, I had a lot of experiences in jail. I had a lot of jail fights. I lost some, won some, been jumped before, you know, in jail. And that's how it goes. And how many people are in your, in your like, cell? Um, it's not, you see, it's, that was a dorm. Oh, it's so a, at first the dorm, so there's like 60 people in there. 60, they want to put 60 boys yeah. that are all criminals yes. together. I mean, that's... With murders, with kids 19 years old facing how life. How do you expect them not to fight? It's, that's what it is. It's, it's what it is. Wow. Mm-hmm. And what's the, what's the food like? Disgusting. I wouldn't give it to a dog on the street. Wow. You what? have to have commissary or you're screwed. If you have nobody looking out for you, it's bad. And you had people looking out for yeah. you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. My family always took care of me while I was in jail. And what did your family think when you were when you went to jail? Nah, they weren't happy, you know, but... But at the same time, they knew... But they knew you were in the life, right? right. Well, no, I wasn't really in the life yet at that age. You, but you were committing small But I was small committing things. crimes, right. And it was always under the orders of, of your uncle? No. No. You're how, was there ever... Did you and your uncle... Did no. Your, your I uncle knew... I've... Hung out with him before when I was younger, but I didn't physically, you know, work for him. You never, okay. Yeah, that was before my time. Right, okay. Yeah. So then, wow. So then you get out, so you do four months there. Right. Well, only four months there, then I went to the adults for another three months, and then I went away for another eight months. I did a total of 16 months on my first bid. Okay. Then I came home. So you're, you go from like 18 to like 20, kind of. Um, August of 2004. Okay. I got locked up April 2003. I came home August 2004. Okay. And then, so then what, so which, which of those three different places were the, was the worst? Um, Rikers Island's the worst jail I've been it's, into. Really? I've been in Green, uh, Upstate, a Medium. Okay. That was really wild. It's like all the kids from Rikers Island are in there. Wow. So it's the same thing. But Green was pretty crazy But too. did that never scare you like that you, once you tasted what prison was like, were you ever like, man, I do, I want to do everything in my power to never be back here? That was my problem. No, I didn't. So you didn't, you weren't, you didn't really matter to you if you were in jail? No, I didn't. Wow. Yeah, it didn't. That's very interesting. Yeah, it didn't. You know, as I got older, when you go to jail, you lose everything. Right. You know, I, you know, I didn't have a girlfriend when I first went in that bid, but the second one, my second bid I did, you, did. you lose them. You, any money you got in the street, you start seeing people, they're robbing it or trying to. It's just like no, no loyalty. You know what I mean? And like, like you start losing, you know, people you care about as you get older, you don't want to lose That'll make you change, you know what I'm saying? Mm. But for me, I was so, on my second bid, I was so institutionalized already and such a criminal. I was like, oh, fuck, I'll just get a different, you know. So did you, growing up, did you go to school? Ninth grade, man. Ninth grade. Yeah, I was And then you dropped out. Yeah. 
Wow. Yeah. And your parents didn't like try yeah, to but, keep yeah. you in? Yeah, but uh, it didn't work out. I wasn't having that. I want to go. Really? Mm-hmm. I hated school. And do you feel like, do you feel like, I mean, now we'll, we'll talk about more of the stuff you're doing now, but do you feel like um, one of the big reasons that you see a lot of kids go into crime life is lack of education or no? Yes. And also, you know, and then it's not just Italians, it's like for the um, other cultures. Right. They really have nothing or no one a lot of times. And they go into these gangs and they really think like, oh, this is, this is a family. It's not. They're using you. Just the same thing where I was used. They're, you're not making no money. They're not. You know, they're basically cutting each other and stabbing each other over, you have blue, I have red. It's ridiculous. And the kids don't, you know, they have scars on their face. And for nothing, they have no one looking out for them, no commissary. And they're living messed up, man, you know. And a lot of them don't even want to do it after a while. They're like, oh, I wish I could get a job, man. I got no one to help me, you know. Do you, do you wish that you had... Maybe had a better education or had yeah. liked school better. Right, I wish I did. Yeah. And do you think now? Do you do you have any? Now do you like? Is there any interest in maybe going back? No, nah. it's too yeah, late. Too late now. Yeah. Gotcha. And yeah. so, okay, so then you do. So the first time you go in, how many months total was it? Sixteen months. I think. Sixteen months. Yeah. Okay, you get out, yeah. and then. What are things like on the street? Then are they kind of the same? Are you? Do you get to go back into your role? How's that work? Yeah. Well, like I said. From when I got out at that time, that's when I kind of got with the Banano family. And okay. that's when I started doing like sports betting and loans and no more drug dealing really. And no more, still doing stick-ups because I like, I did like the rob. I did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. I was an arm robber. Wow. So, you know, they didn't like that very much sometimes. Just, but. Okay. So how did, we'll go into each of those things. How did the, right. how did the sports betting work in, in, so that's 2004, right? Right. So we... We call that peanut butter and jelly. Sports and loans goes together like, <laughs> that's just what it's called where we're from. If you're a loan shark, you're going booking. So, you know, I love sports, you know, and um, everyone bets it. And so, you know, I was around guys that had sports books and we would get a half sheet. So basically we would um, get customers, bring them to, uh, at the time, uh, who were they doing it with? With Ronnie, obviously. And um, you'd say, okay, I need 10 accounts. Okay, uh, $1,000 limits each. Okay, um, so now let's say they lose 10000 You got to give the office 5000 We keep 5000 Okay. You understand that? Okay. So basically, you just bring customers. So you say, I, I have 10, 10 different people. Ten, let's say 10, 10 people. Each of them want $1,000 on their account of, of credit. Right. And then take from there? So basically, let's say the sheet loses 8500 you say the sheet? Well, we call it sheets, a half sheet. The the house that right the, so the, the bookie who's right out so we're so let's say I was under Ronnie so okay. his office okay so basically let's say my sheet lost ten thousand okay office gets five you lose ten thousand meaning the, the people the on players players win ten thousand right. okay so now Peter pays Paul right. let's say you have one guy that won five hundred one guy lost five hundred you just have that guy yeah. give it to that gotcha. guy so everybody has to pay. Because if it's not, it's on you. Right. They don't want to hear at the office. Right. It's really true. Fuck you, pay me. Yeah. You're not really saying? Yeah. It really is. So the office has to get their money on Friday. Okay. So basically, if that sheet's owed $10,000, you have to give $10,000 on Friday. Ah, uh, okay. I gotcha. And then, I mean, uh, 5000 and we take 5000 So So she loses ten, we split ten. Okay. Now, if they win 10000 I go in the red. Right. Which I don't make another dollar until that sheet loses back 10000 Right. Okay? Okay. So now my sheet was a lot bigger than that when I got older. But when I first started, it was small. And then you make a few dollars, you know, you do all right. 
Okay. And then you get into loans because no, those guys will start saying, oh, well, I need money. It always comes with right. that. Oh, I need 5000 I need 3000 Okay, now I go to Ronnie. I got loans now. Okay, I get it at one point. So now I'm getting $1,000 at $10. I'm charging him three. So I'm getting $30 on 1000 So I put 10000 out. I give Ronnie 100 I keep 200 Okay. Now you put 100000 out. You're making 2000 a week. You're giving Ronnie 1000 a week. I so just see. picking up money on a Friday. I see what you're doing. Right. And who, and how, I mean, how are you keeping track of all these things? Oh, you write it down, you, you know? Because 2004, there's not really like, the, is there online sports betting? It's not, um, not I think really. It just came in. 2004, 2005, it was just but in it was, there. But at that point, you're still doing everything manually. Um, I think 2005 was. It was when it started. It was, yeah, it was on, on sites. Okay. It was already on sites, yeah. And so you're, I mean, you're basically just moving money here and there. Right. Okay. And that, and that's, well, at that point, it's illegal. Well, right. even even manually, even if you do it like right. that, yeah. you have an office where right. guys are doing everything, and you okay. have your half sheets. It's still the same thing. Okay, you just bring in betters to them. You know, I see. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then what was the? So what are some of the other activities? Um, There's one that you mentioned before, armed robberies. Yeah, so we would rob drug dealers a lot, and like fake loan sharks and wannabe gangsters, and guys that we felt were herbs and okay. shouldn't have the money. Yeah, and that's what we were doing basically. So how did, how did how would a how would an armed robbery kind of take me through like the beginning to the end? I mean like a good example. Usually it's tips. Guys would always tip us off. We're okay. like, okay, well this guy's got um fifty thousand in his house. He's a loan shark or a drug dealer, and um this is the layout. Okay. And then we take it from there. You know, we sit on him, we watch him, or we see if we could do just stick him up outside, bring him in the house, or you know, whatever we could do, walk him in zip tie them and then you know right so stuff like that so you would so how would how they, many people are in the house you know um the neighbors you, you gotta watch everything for like a week or so or a couple of days and see the layout you know so how many people were working with you on a, like on an average robbery yeah probably three four i always like to have a guy outside you right. know scanner you know sometimes you want two in the house you know it depends if it's gonna be a home invasion arm robbery you only might need two you know Two people, one in the car, one doing the stick up. So at that, but that at that point, you're working for the banana family. Yes, and so it's it's people that would go to maybe like the boss. Is that the correct term? No, or, or? not even that. They wouldn't have to go to him, but I would have to check in with him, and tell him what I'm doing. Okay. Because if you do something without telling him, and right. it gets back in his face, well, why don't you tell me? I can't stick up for you now. I see. I don't know what's going on. Right. You know, we were given a score one time, and this is a funny one. I, it was actually one of my stories, but it's so true. Um, my boss's nephew. He's a real weasel, this guy. And uh, he really is. Uh, and he actually doesn't even tell us who we're robbing. So he gives us a score to do. He says, oh, this guy's coming out with 50000 Masterpiece Rolex. It's worth like an $80,000 Rolex. We're like, all right. So me and Bobby, his nephew, sitting on the guy coming out the car place. I pistol up the guy. I get him the whole nine yards. It's a Gambino place. Not only is it a Gambino place, it's actually oh. his best friend's place. He's setting his own friends up to be robbed. Oh. Wait, it gets better than this. Wait. So now we're all happy, me and Bobby. We're like 20 years old. We got all this money. You know, we're young. And we're happy. We're celebrating all this. About six hours later, I want to say, Ronnie Giolanzo's ringing my doorbell. I'm looking outside. I'm like, what the fuck is he doing here? I go downstairs. I'm like, oh, what's up, Ronnie? He goes, oh, what's up? I go, what's up? He goes, uh, you doing anything last night? I says, no, why? What's up? He goes, do me a favor. Turn around, go the fuck upstairs, give me the money and the watch. I says, what are you talking about? He goes, okay, let's try this one more time. Turn the fuck around, go upstairs. I just turned around. Walking up to the thing, got my what I had in the watch. He goes, you fucking dumb motherfucker. He goes, 
Um, they found out it was me. He goes, they could kill you for this. He goes, you fucking robbed a Gambino card place, da-da-da. I'm best friends with the guy. Who the fuck, you know, flipping out on me? Sure enough, Richie boy, he goes, the guy presses him because he knows that Bobby, his brother's like kind of into that stuff. Okay. I swear to God, all the guy did was run to him. He goes, you have any duties? He goes, it was Gene and Bobby. I'll get the stuff back. Wow. Dimed this out within two hours. I swear to God, it's a real story, man. Wow. I had to give everything back. I got reamed, yelled at, and this is how things go wrong. You know, in actuality, I could have been killed for that in real mafia terms. Right. They thought I did it like knowing it was their place, saying, fuck them. I pistol whipped the guy on top of it. The guy was crying, by the way. I was laughing. I was like, this guy's a gangster. He's hysterical crying. And, uh, <laughs> and this is how, what I mean. Like, wow. things can go wrong. You know what I'm, see- what I'm saying? So he actually did a weasel move and almost got us in big trouble. And I actually told Ron, he says, Ron, I would never do that. I wouldn't go disrespect their place like that. I says, we just didn't know. And Richie boy went and ratted us out and almost got us killed and gave us the score. And then goes and rats us out two hours later. Wow. So then how much, so how much do you, uh, how much do you get paid for like an armed robbery on average, would you say? Oh, it depends. It could be big, man. You know. What was your biggest payday? Half a million. Wow. Yeah. But we split it, you know. So we split like three or four ways. Yeah. You know, but like, I'm talking about, I've hit a jewelry store before. You know, we cleaned out the whole store. Wow. Broad daylight. It, yeah. How does how's that? Tell me about that. It's just real cowboy shit. You know what I mean? But like, it's, <laughs> we did it, you know? In, in, this is in Brooklyn? No, this is in Long Island. Okay. Yeah, this is real cowboy. In, in broad daylight. Broad daylight, man. Broad day. I Whoa. mean, literally jumping over the counter, guns out, zip tied them, took the whole store in laundry bags. This is real stuff. Yeah. And what, how, how does he, <laughs> this is what, what, what year is this? 2011. 2011. Yeah. So there's like security cameras and all that yeah. shit. Yeah. We were just uh, a little out of control. <laughs> yeah. Did you not like, did you get caught for that one? Uh, no, I admitted to it, obviously. Oh, right. You know, yeah, later. But, yeah. but, so how does, like, how do you even, that, that's crazy you can even get away with that in 2011 with right. the technology in my daylight. Whole, my whole thing was this people never expect you to come in broad daylight. They that, don't. That's true. And I tell people that all the time that work with me, I say, they'll never expect us to come nine in the morning. True. My, my trick was I'll go in the place, I look nice, I have money, I have nice jewelry on, and I'll tell them all I want to sell my chain. So I have the guy trust me. And what I'll do is now the next morning I'm coming in with that chain, I'm basically coming in there and I'm going to jump over that counter, zip tie you, and rob you. That was the plan, basically. That's how I did it. Okay. So I knew there was no cameras that didn't work. And yeah, we had, it was a tip, basically. Uh, but we knew the cameras didn't work. We knew um, security didn't work. So we knew the layout. How, who's, who, like, when you, get a, when you get a tip, like, in that example, who, who knows that it doesn't work, the cameras? Like, who, who? Well, his friend, obviously. Oh, wow. <laughs> so that's when he was like, like I said, it was Rambo to do it in broad daylight, but we did it because we knew that the cameras won't work, and I knew I could show my face, you know, at that time. And um, there was only one door. We put a door stopper in the door, so he couldn't, it couldn't lock. So he basically followed me and my partner how we did it, and we took the whole store. Wow. Yeah. Jesus Christ. So you have, so what, what I, there was one other story that I read in, in one of the articles that you sent me. Um, I think it's like, I think you like tied the wife up or there was something. Right, well, I wasn't even, see, here's the thing, people don't even know, I wasn't even in the house. I was in Florida. Okay. I sent people in there. It wasn't even, I mean, it wasn't my score. I was given the score and he was actually a guy in our crew. He was actually with us, same crew. The, the guy that you robbed? Yeah. I don't want to get into like names yeah, and details, yeah, yeah. but um, he was actually in our circle and he was actually a, a pretty good friend of mine. 
It was actually pretty fucked up, to be honest wow. with you. And his good friend, who was another made guy, set him up. And that's how we did it. And um, I wasn't in the house. I just sent them from Florida. I had the guys, I put them in there. And, you know, they always says, oh, Gene Brello behind the mask, all this. I wasn't even in the house. I wasn't even there. But do you, do you feel guilt? Like, do you feel guilty? I mean, you say like, it's a little fucked up, but do you feel guilty when, um, you know, it's, it's a friend, it's someone that you know? Like I said, when you get involved in this right. lifestyle, I've said it before, you could be in the car with three guys, one gets out, you're plotting on them. This is the way it was, man. I'm telling you, like, there's no, like, it's just, everybody wants to be the guy. There's no loyalty. Everybody wants to be the one with the money. Everybody wants to be, they just, you can't put five Italians in the room. How about that? <laughs> you can't. Wow. They'll all be fighting with each other. It's just the way we are. I don't know. So, like I said, it's, it's grimy. Right. It's a grimy thing. The whole the whole lifestyle is grimy. But did you was there any part of you that enjoyed it? Yeah. Like did you oh, yeah. like doing it? Or was it for the money? Was it Well, it was for the money, but then when you start getting involved, you start to like the power too and the respect. You know, that comes along with it too. You know? Wow. So at first it was just about money. You know? I want that lot of money that, you know, the guy I answered to has millions. You know, I want that. You know? And he promised me I would have that, which he lied. But, you know, yeah. that was um why I got into it more, you know? So your ultimate goal was to make it to a level where you're bringing in, like you Big work money. your way up. Right. I wanted money like him. He was bringing in 30,000 a week just in loans. Wow. Right. He's making 1.5 million just in loan shock money, man. Jesus. I mean, Doing nothing, man. Waking up on a Friday and just making 30, 30 grand plus sports. And that's, is there like a, in that life, is there a, uh, a convention, like, if you if you know like I do six five six years this way and I work my way up like it's pretty much guaranteed that I'll be at that point. Is that how it works? No, it's not, not guaranteed. Not, no, it's not guaranteed. How do you how do how does one really you get getting a crew that has no money? Oh. I got lucky with a crew. That guy, he's a money maker. Yeah, you know, he's dumb as a bag of rocks, but the guy's a money maker, man. You know, that's what his talent was. He knows how to make a dollar, and he had a seventh grade education. Wow. Just you know, he had a he was a made guy. He knew how to use it. He had the right people around him, and he became rich. Wow. Yeah. So then... And this is not like little money. I'm talking about he was making this for years, you know? Like he had big money. And how many of the people that you kind of grew up working with or working for are still around? A bunch. A bunch? Yeah. And do you, do you still... I mean, there are a lot in jail, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you still see... Do you see any people from that life anymore? No. No one? No. No, that's dead. Do you try to stay away? Like, like, yeah. Is it, is it easy to, to now that you're out to, to to completely stay away from? Yeah. Well, obviously, you know, I'm, you know, they're mad at me. Yeah. You know, but um, I like I miss some. Sometimes I miss you know certain people that were crime guys, but they really were good. Some of them were good. I mean, not in the sense where they weren't really mafia guys, but they were. If you hang out in the neighborhood, they still don't believe in telling, right? right? So they're still mad that I did what I did because. You know, I have best friends of mine that aren't even street guys, and they're still mad. You know what I mean? And it, did, it didn't make no sense to me at first, but then I'm like, you know what? They grew up around this pretty much, too. They're not committing crimes, but they still feel like you sold out. You know what I'm saying? I see what you're saying. So oh. you kind of lose, you lose a lot. I still have a lot of people that stuck by me, though, yeah. believe it or not. And I was in shock by that. Really? Yeah. I still have a lot of people. You'll tell me about that in a second. I need mm -hmm. to run a quick ad for Manscaped, as I told you earlier. Um, where is this going is brought to you by Manscaped, and it's very exciting because they have a new 
electric trimmer, the Lawn Mower 3.0 was just released and I'm here to tell you all about it. This third generation Manscaped trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. Millions of balls all around the world are about to be nick free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin safe technology. If you use the Lawnmower 2.0, it's an easy transition because it's the same replacement blade with a new and improved skin safe technology. When I tell you this is premium, I mean absolutely premium. This new feature that is included on the Manscaped 3.0 trimmer has an LED light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They also have a new battery that lasts up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the amazing charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud and let's... Oh, sorry. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a rapid charging dock powered by USB. If you're listening to me speak right now, I appreciate it. And you're one of the first people to hear about this life-changing product. And I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Use promo code WTG at manscaped.com for 20% off free shipping. That's WTG at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. Gene, your balls will thank you. (laughs) Anyways, let's get back into it. Yeah. So you said a lot of people stuck by you. Yeah. I mean, um, not like bad guys, but like a lot of people in general, I still had by my side. Did you? So so how many times did you go in and out of jail? I did three different bids. Three I different did, bids. I did over 10 years. Did over 10 years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Do you do any uh, any in solitary confinement? Yeah, only like 90 days, but it's still, you know. What was that like? Do, it's was, horrible. Is it different than being, I mean, like. Was it that much worse than being with other people, or what was that like? What was that experience like? I mean, yeah, we, you know, I was in the hole, but I had a bunkie, so which is worse because you know you're not, you're not by yourself, right. so you have to share this little room. You don't ever leave it, and you got a little dog kennel for a yard, so it was pretty horrible. When you use the bathroom, you got to put up the uh, the sheet. It was just a it's a bad experience, you know. Wow. Yeah, the hole is a bad experience, you know. And I mean, mentally, how are you? How are you dealing mentally when you're in there? It's pretty rough. You know, you have no phone. You can't call nobody. You got to write letters. And I'm not much of a writer. So you basically just stare at the wall. <laughs> There's nothing else to do. Maybe a little push-ups here and there. You only, only can shower three times a week. You can only shower three times a week? Mm-hmm. Why, yeah. why is that? I don't know. That's how he does it. That's how he do it. Wow. Certain spots, you know. Jeez. Yeah. And, and at that point, how old were you when, when that's going? Like what? I was 23. 23 years mm-hmm. old. Yeah. Man. And are you do you get uh, occasional visits? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you had family that would come and yeah, see fr- you? and friends. Yeah. Right. And are you, like, was there ever, like, what was the point where you told yourself, um, okay, no more? My last one. Yeah. What, 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 what was it about that one? It was just, I mean, and I'm not, I'm not going to make excuses, but, like, my own, my own, I was set up by somebody that I trusted. Um, well, that was one. Um, two, um, you start to, as I'm, I'm 30 years old, I'm facing an asshole full of time. I got state conspiracy, Florida. I know the feds are barking up my ass. I'm in a load of trouble and nobody would help me. You know, mm-hmm. I asked for help. They wouldn't, you know, whatever. He was mad at me. I told him, I said, you know, just give me a fighting chance. You know, I'm in big trouble. They wouldn't help me. And I finally seen, like, this is a waste of time. My mom kept telling me, like, what are you going to die in jail for? For what? They don't even give a shit about you. Nobody. Like, everybody's out for themselves. 
you didn't see this by now. They've been using you your whole life. You know, uh, it's like, you know, you lost everything. You know, you lost, I lost my girlfriend. I lost all my money. Everything just gone, you know? And I'm sitting there like, yeah, I'm done with this shit, man. This is it. Like, I'm in Rikers Island. I'm in the worst building again. They got me in C95. They're fucking killing each other all day in there. All day. I'm like, come on, man. Every day I'm locking. I come out. I call them. Ah, yeah, I'm going back in. They're cutting each other again. I go back in for another two days. I was in there for 19 months wow. in that building. And I finally just said, you know what? Screw it. I threw in the flag. I threw in the towel. Do you, uh, do, you ever, do you ever miss it? The crime? I mean, not that I miss the crime. I mean, I'm an adrenaline junkie. So <laughs> that's the only reason why. You know what I mean? I remember sitting on people for two days, eating chips and drinking a soda. You know what I'm saying? Waiting for them to give a guy a beating. You know, sometimes I got to wait. You know, I can't do it. The neighbor's out walking the dog or something. I got to wait, come back, and I'm just waiting with a billy club to get this guy in. <laughs> so, so, you're, so you'd be sitting there just eating chips, soda, watching TV. Like it's you're regular. About, like, it's know, re- like it's just talking on the phone. The same know. way you're about to go play basketball, you're about to go. <laughs> and it's not like I'm making stuff up. This is so true, you know what I mean? Like going to beat up a guy, you know, I sit there by myself and uh, I was waiting on someone to come out and I finally got mad. I said, you know what? I'm going in the fucking house. I've been waiting here. And I seen the cable guys go, um, we're going into his apartment. And I went right in with the cable guys. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So what, but what's like, like mentally, do you, um, when, you, when you're committing like a crime of that level, right. do you feel, um, I mean, I guess that's one way to prepare yourself mentally, but right. is there, is there also like other ways? Is there fear? Is there like, like butterfly feeling? Like what is, describe it for someone when you're about to, to, yeah, to do always, something, there's I something. Care, listen, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're notorious, this, that, you're always going to be nervous before you do something because anything can happen. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like a movie where the guy's going to come out exactly at this time. This is how it's, it's, right. it's real life. You know, you never know what's going to happen. Right. Anything. You don't even know if he has a weapon on him. You don't know if he, he knows you're coming. It's just like a lot of things can go wrong. You know what I mean? So you're always going to be nervous. You know what I mean? What happens if you're not supposed to kill him and you kill him by accident? Or what happens, you know, because orders are orders. Don't do this. Make sure you do this. Make sure you tell him this after you do it. Okay. You know, they want to make sure things are done the way they want it, you know? Wow. So it it, it is nerve-wracking, you know? And do you ever, um, do you remember the first time you had to put a hit on someone? Like, what do you mean? Like, uh, kill him? Yeah. Right, but um, I was sent to to kill someone, right? And How old were you? I was 22. Wow. Yeah, and he was actually my friend. They asked you to kill your friend? Yeah, he was actually one of my best friends. Then we became enemies, and then I tried to kill him, yeah. So it was after when you were enemies, that's when they went? Well, yeah, but we were very good friends. Wow. Yeah, and I did, I did, I tried to kill him twice. Yeah. And what happened? No, he, he got away. He got away. Yeah, he's dead now, but he's de- somebody else killed him, but he was... You know, he was a wild guy. I'll give him that. I always give credit where credit's due. He's probably one of the most craziest kids I know. And he was too much. The mafia couldn't handle him. How about that? So that's why, that's one of the Yeah, things. he didn't care about nobody or anything. He was one of those guys where, fuck the mafia, I don't give a shit. I'm gonna do what I want. And he did. For years. But we kind of pumped his brakes a little bit, you know? Wow. Yeah, he went away for a while. I went away for a while. We came out. And we actually uh, kind of, you know, reconciled. Really? Yeah, he tried to kill me too. So you guys, so he, you tried to kill him. He tried to kill you. Yeah, and then I tried to kill him co- again. <laughs> you tried to kill him again. Yeah. Um, and like when you say I tried to kill him or he tried to kill me, like what's what are those interactions? Oh like man, like? I mean, you're talking about he machine gunned my house, twenty eight shots into my bedroom. 
wow. Yeah, like that kind of stuff. You know, I, I shot him in broad daylight. And then um you I got shot hit. you hit it like you hit him Yeah, yeah, it's right on. Yeah. And then um and then he got hit by a car. I his girlfriend hit me with a car. And the same thing. This is all real. And then I got up, got away, and then he came and machine gunned my house. He machine gunned your machine house. Machine gunned my house. So but like what this is in where is your where are you living at the time? Howard Beach. And the police never comes? Oh yeah, they came. They came. I there mean, was machine. They, I mean, like there was, was lo- there was those strings all through my room, all through it. And you you were there? Of course, I was watching TV with my ex girlfriend at the time. Poor girl, I had to drag her off the bed. She almost got killed too. And where you where you hiding? Like we had to slide. I'm on the third floor, so I had to slide her off the bed. While the I seen the I'm watching TV. I see the one bullet come through, and then it just came through rapid. Blah, 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 blah. And he was trying to get me because my bedroom. My headboard is right next to the air conditioner in the wall okay. and the window, so he was shooting at that, and it went through the windows and all of that. Holy so shit. he was he was trying to kill me. He thought I was going to be laying down, maybe you know, and just kill me while I was sleeping. Oh my god! Yeah, he was a serious kid, definitely. I'll give him that. Were you um? I mean, were you ever, were you scared to die? I mean, you don't think about it, I guess. You know, you're just like if it. Eh. Yeah, you know, I mean, I never thought about it like that. You know, you run around doing stupid shit, you never know. You know. And that was really it with that, with him. How did you try to kill him? Um, well, there was like a planned thing. We tried to get him again in his car. And um, my partner actually froze up. Really? Yeah. Did that happen often? The well, guys you know, like kind of like get- I think I think like when it comes to murder, people, like anyone could punch somebody, obviously. Right. You know, I know guys that, the toughest guys I know growing up with Irish kids, they're so tough. But when it comes to hit past the punch, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. Yeah. You know? Certain people can't go to that level. You know, my partner, who I thought was tough and all this big bad stuff, we were sent to kill him and uh, he froze up. Oh. I was only supposed to be the backup shooter and I ended up firing six shots into his door. And I wasn't even supposed to be the one doing it. He was supposed to do it. And he was like this, look, frozen. Yeah, so. Wow. It was botched. So then how did you, how did you get, what was the, when you guys reconciled, what did that look like? It was the weirdest thing ever. Wait, so you guys, so you guys, you guys both try to kill each other. You guys go to jail. Yeah. And then how old, you guys are both at that we, point? I did four years, came home. He did five years, came and home. you guys are the same age? We're the same age, so one like, year apart. And then we became friends again. Wait, but how did, <laughs> where did you guys meet? Like, how, how did, how it did was this come the cra- It was the craziest thing because um, he, when I first got out, I got out in July of 2010. Okay. Okay. He got out in April 2011. Okay. So now I know he's out. I'm getting word back from Ronnie, leave him alone. Just leave it alone. I said, okay. He's like, just leave him alone. Let it be. Don't go after him no more. I said, okay. So um, he's basically don't want no problems because he really knew we were trying to kill him. Obviously, he knew we were after him. We were beating up all his friends, anyone that hung out with him. We were really, really after him. You know, it was actually an ongoing war for like two months, literally. It wouldn't stop. So when we got out, people were like they don't want this again. You know, come on, this is too much carrying guns every day and all kinds of crap. So um. We seen each other on Jamaica Avenue. I got a 357 on me under my seat. I'm always carrying because I know he's out. I know how he is. He's got one on him too. He has a gun on him. So uh, we we lock eyes on Jamaica Avenue. He sees me. You're walking? No, I'm in my car. Okay. I just dropped off one of my friends that was over there by his sister's house. We lock eyes for the first time. He sees me. He's waving at me. He goes, let me talk to you. I said, what's up? He goes, let me talk to you. I said, all right. So he gets in the car. He goes, I'm letting you know I got some on me. He says, I know, I do too. So, <laughs> so we're talking. He's like, listen, bro, it is what it is. We, we did what we did to each other. Let's just, let's just be. I said, all right. I says, listen. I said, I got to check in 
with my people first. I can't just, you know, I'm not hanging out. I can't just walk around with you no more, bro. This is, you threatened to kill my boss's kids. Like, you know, this is different, you know? And um, from, then in, from then, we were cool again. You know, he was stashing guns in my house, drugs, fucking, um, you know, and we got really cool again. It was crazy. And we would laugh at each other. I'm like, a little to the left, you'd be dead, motherfucker. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, so we were, we were two maniacs, you know. He's dead now, you know. Somebody else killed him because, you know, he was just a, a wild guy. And um, when he threatened somebody, people really get scared. And he threatened somebody, went in the guy's house, and the guy killed him. Does it make you, like, when you think about it, does it make you sad that, you know, like some of these guys die or is it just like, hey, you you knew what you were getting into? You know, it gets sad. And, and um, you know, a lot of my friends right now are dying from overdoses. A lot of them. So I'm seeing a lot of this now. Every time I'm talking to somebody, somebody's overdosing and um, dying is fentanyl shit and all that stuff now. And so are these former are these former mafia guys? Nah, just guys you grew up with in general, you know. But they were kind of like crime guys, but not really, you know. But as far as crime guys, you know, when they die, I don't even think people, too many people care. When he died, nobody really cared. You wow. know, yeah, nobody really cared. And so what? So so in your neighborhood and some of the people you grew up with now, it's it's a lot of the fentanyl. Like what? Yeah, they're all they're all doing this Roxy shit. Yeah, wow. they're all going to that and heroin, and they're all dying. A lot of them. And were you? Did you growing up? Do you do any drugs? No, nah, when I was younger, we just did party drugs like ecstasy a little bit here and there. You know, Molly, uh, shrooms, all that stuff. We weren't junkies, but you were just dealing. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I would K, I would deal K and uh, uh, Coke and stuff like that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And we're going to take another quick break because I want to talk about my newest and latest sponsor, Tushy. Everybody in this world poops, so Tushy is for everyone. Wiping with dry toilet paper does not always get you clean. But I have a question for you guys. If you got poop on any other part of your body, would you just wipe it off with dry paper? No, you probably wouldn't. Thankfully, my friends over at Tushy created a new and sleek bidet attachment that clips into your existing toilet and sprays your butt with the same exact water you brush your teeth with. It's not that nasty toilet water, it's that clean, fresh water. This Tushy bidet is the best thing you can do for yourself. Tushy connects to the water supply behind your toilet and is super easy to use. The best part, it's that it's only $79 and it installs within 10 minutes. And even better, no plumbing or electricity is required. Go to hellotushy.com today, and when you use promo code WHERE, that's W-H-E-R-E, you will receive 10% off your next order. Again, go to hellotushy.com today, use that promo code WHERE, W-H-E-R-E, and you will receive 10% off your next order. And now let's get back into it. So then, geez, so then you get out, the, the, so the last time that you're done, you're like, I'm done, mama, like, uh, I'm, I'm... Well, no, I was in jail. You were in jail. When I got home my second bed, I was worse than ever. You're, okay. Oh, I was worse right, than right, ever. Right, right, but the, after the third time? No, I didn't, I just came home. December 6th. Oh, you just, oh, right, I right, I just right. got out. You just got out. I just got out, man. And the way, Holy you know. Shit. I didn't I was, realize it was that, I, wow, I didn't realize it was that soon or that recent. Yeah, I just got out, man. Wow. I just did 63 months. 63 months straight? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. And I was supposed to do it forever, you know? And so, so, so it was because, so you got out early. I mean, people ratted on you, you're telling, I mean, how's, like, how's that working? Like, like I said, you know, 
when I had my steak conspiracy. Uh, what was the steak conspiracy for, or what? It was uh, attempted the home invasion conspiracy, the gun possession, gun stuff. I <laughs> half these charges. I was like, all right, whatever, man. I know they want me. They're just gonna, they'll put conspiracy assault on a dog right now. You know what I'm saying? All right. So I know I know my time's up. They want me off the street. I remember uh, when I got locked up by the state organized crime task forces. Uh, the cop. I says, well, so what am I a suspect? And he goes, everything. <laughs> I said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I said, all right, this is going to be bad. So they rearrested me again while I'm in locked up. Uh, September 5th, 2014, I got locked up. They rearrested me again for Florida on an armed robbery in a jewelry store. And that's a conspiracy also. So I have no way of getting out again, no bail. And then I know my lawyers tell me the feds are locking you up. They're coming for you. You have a major thing coming on you. I was like, okay. And um, uh. I had, my, my lawyer says, uh, obviously my fake cousin, he wasn't my real cousin, but he told everybody he's my cousin. He set me up, had me on wires and all kinds of shit. He got caught with a selling 20, this moron was selling the cops, ounces of cocaine, direct sale. Um, this is, wait, this is your friend. This is my friend that called me his cousin. He told, he told the whole neighborhood I was his cousin. This is when, when is this? This is 2013. He told me he's, he's selling to the, he's to the selling cops. to undercovers basically, has no clue it's an undercover. So he's selling them cocaine with his baby in his hands, pulling the drugs out of the baby's backpack with his wife. No. Yes. So now I don't know this. I have the kid. He's always going, Gene, I'm sick of being a nobody. Can I do things for you? That's all. That was his thing. I says, all right, Frankie, I'll give you a shot. I'm letting him do things. Sure enough, he's fucking working with the cops. I have no clue. So I was banged out. He had me. Attempt a home invasion, home, everything. He had me. He had me. I was hit. Uh, he had, a, I had told him to get rid of a dirty gun. Uh, I was just hit. He had me on all kinds of records and I knew I was in big trouble. So, um, and then there was other cooperators. Obviously, I don't know exactly who they are, but I knew there was other ones against me also. And um, my lawyer uh, got my discovery and it was like an 8,000 page wiretap. <laughs> All blacked out. I couldn't even see it. Wow. My lawyer goes, I never seen anything like this. He goes, you can't see nothing. He goes, Gene, don't even cop out. You're going to be recharged for it in the feds. He goes, if you plea out, you're going to do time double. You're going to do the same. You're going to do time for the same charge twice. And he's like, basically, he's like, they just want you to, you know, talk. Okay. You know? And I. So they basically told you it was like life in jail or start talking. I mean, not like that. Like the feds are very like, people have an image on the feds, how yeah. they work. It's really bullshit. How does it, how does like, it really work? It really works is like. Um, you're in jail they sit you down right they actually how they got me was they called for a visit and I uh, the captain came to see me a white shirt and I'm like visit I looked at it I go visit she goes yeah I says feds she's like I was like no I'm fucking let me go down there and see what the fuck they gotta say man fuck this shit I went down there I met them they said listen they never said like you're facing life they never said that they says but you are indicted you know we're letting you know you will be indicted you know and um they says, you know, do you want to cooperate? And I agreed. Yeah. That was uh, 2016. I mean, basically at that point, and also, I mean, you had so many fucking charges. You, like, they, you add those up. Well, like and I said, if you think about it, I'm a predicate felon already. I already did two bids. Right. I have multiple arrests. I have a state, which I, they're probably going to give me like six, seven years. Florida's going to bang me out. They're the worst. Really? They give you five years for jaywalking. And they are just <laughs> horrible out there. You How do much not, do you think would just on the up that Florida probably would have given me like eight to 10 years. And that's consecutive. And then feds would have nailed me to the wall. Go. So it was like at least 34. Like. Oh, easy. 35, 40 years. Easy. Oh, my you know, God. Easy. It was over. You know? So then, but then they also knew that you knew dirt right. on I, every, I mean, right. you knew I, stuff. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot. You know, I worked for, uh, 
you know, pretty pretty powerful dude. Right. And another, you know, Vinny Saro, Ronnie Gilonzo, these guys were big shots, you know, so. But like I said, how the federal cooperation works is not how people think. Like, they think you cooperate. Oh, you go home. So Yeah, so how does, right. Right, it's such so, bullshit. So what, how is, like, what is, the, what is it, what's, I mean, you talk about a little bit the, that interaction, but then after you kind of, like, do you have to write something down? I mean, on your end, no. you're probably scared like, well, if I'm going to tell you something, I need to be guaranteed Here's I get the, the fuck out. Right. You have to know when you're first meeting them, you think they're fucking you over. I'm like, why would you give somebody like me a deal? I don't know how this works. Why are you going to help me? You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I'm, I'm a bad guy. Like, yeah. I have, I'm admitting to all these bad crimes. You're going to help me? Right. But they never say that they could, pro they never promise you nothing. They only tell you, listen. They, they never said to me once, you're going home because you cooperated. They never said that. I pled out to 15 to life, 15 to natural life guidelines. Yeah. I plead out, you plead out to your top charges. You're in limbo the whole time. You never know what the judge is going to give you. So for anyone that thinks that when you cooperate, I'm going home. I was with guys that cooperated and still got a lot of time. They, it, it, you never know what this federal judge is going to do to you. You never know. So when you plea out, you plea out to your top charges and you have to wait for your case to be over. And then you go see a federal judge. Mm. So you never know what it's going to be. I remember it's so funny because I plead out the 15 to life. And I just remember like, oh my God, this is crazy. I'm not understanding how it works. So when I got to the Woodsack jail, I ran into a guy named Joey Caves. He was a hitman for the Colombo family. And me and him became good friends. And um, he was out of New York because there wasn't many New York guys in there, mafia guys no more. It was like mob guys were all gone. It's all gang members. So I couldn't relate to nobody. So he told me, I says, I says, Joe, I says, I think they're going to fuck me. I says, I got these big garlands. He goes, 15 life, that's nothing. He goes, I killed six people. I got 12 years. He goes, relax. He goes, you know, <laughs> he goes, just relax. He goes, you know, you're going to be all right. Let's see, let, you know, just see what happens. They don't promise you nothing, but, you know, for you helping them, the, you know, the judge will take that into consideration and, you know, you have a good chance of getting, you know, you can get 15 years. You can get 20 years. You never know what you're going to get, but for your cooperation, usually the judge will do the right thing. You know, but it's not guaranteed. There's never a time when my prosecutor said, you're going home. Really? She would never say that, ever. So, so they're not like, you can, re so they don't tell you like, instead of 30, we'll give you five. Never. It's, it's not illegal. They can't even do that. They would never even say So then how like did that. you, so then, but at what point did you know you were getting out? I didn't. Until oh. the judge said time served. Oh, so like. I'm in limbo the whole time. Even when I'm going for a judge. Wait, wait, wait. So, so you, you're in your head. So you, you did you, how many months? 60? 63. So was it like one day you get at, at month 63, you walk in there and they're like, all right, you're good. Well, you go in front of a judge and then, they, now remember, the Eastern District don't recommend. So my lawyer recommended time serve. The prosecutors just won't oppose it. They'll say, we don't have a problem with that. So the, it's up to the judge. He could say, well, excuse me. He could say, I don't feel he should get time served. I feel he should get eight years. Oh, I don't like his crime or this and that. It could be anything. He could just wake up with the wrong day. I didn't get laid yeah. last night. You know what? I'm going to give this guy an extra three years. That's how it works with the federal, federal uh, cooperation system. They think like people in the street were saying I was out. I was dying laughing. I'm hearing rumors. I'm driving a white Mercedes. He says, oh, really? My twin? I, I, I'm in jail. Calling you from a jail phone. So people really thought like I cooperate and I'm laying on a beach somewhere. It's like such, I'm in jail. So how, many day, how, many, how much time before you got out did you know you were getting out? No, that day. So it's literally that day. That day. So they're like, you're good. That's it. I was so in shock. It's like, you go in there. I said a few things. I talked about myself. You know, I says, you know what? I'm sorry for everything I've done, the whole nine yards. And then um, he says, okay, I'm agree with time served. I was just like, oh. So he woke up on the right side of the I bed. I was like, all right. He's actually a good judge. Okay. So you could get a wrong judge and you could get slayed. You know? Wow. So like I says, 
I'm thinking about, I admitted to all these crimes. Right. I mean, books filled. And it's like- <laughs> How many know, crimes total did you, did you admit to? I, it's uncountable. I mean, robberies is uncountable. It really, I used to think of a new one every day when I was sitting with them. So it's like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot about this one. I forgot about this. But you, I mean, you wouldn't tell them. Like when, right. when you're- you have to admit to all the crimes. Oh, you, oh, you, oh okay, okay. Yeah, that's part so of I would be like, oh, I forgot about this one. You have to tell them everything but is you there, have done. But is there part of that that incriminates you? Like, if you're like, oh, wait, I did this one too. Like, no. There's no, okay. No, because you, you just have to admit to all your crimes. So you would start thinking of new ones every day. I would forget. And I'd be like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I did this one also. And they're like, all right. And then if, you had to, if you had to estimate how many armed robberies. Honestly, uh, robberies in general, I did over 100 of them. Definitely. Wow. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Do you feel- Counting burglaries, everything, definitely over 100. And in terms of like beatings and like killing and shit, I don't not not mm. not really. Yeah, not, not not a lot. Shootings, I had a couple. Beatings, I had a couple. I had a bunch, but not like uh, not like other guys, you know. Yeah. But I had I had my fair share. Mine was more chaotic because I was uh, I was really wild. You know what I mean? So for my generation, you know what I mean? Like back in the day, I was a dime a dozen. In Johnny Eli's era. There was a hundred guys like me. When I was growing up, there wasn't really too many like me. So I kind of right. stood out a little more, carrying guns, doing shootings in broad daylight, doing the whole nine yards, you know, shooting up, just bad stuff. So I kind of stood out a little more. But like 20 years ago, I'm just a regular. So I mean. Well, I mean, it's to, a lot. To me, no, but to me, I mean. To you. Do, do, you feel, do, you feel, do you feel blessed that you're out? Fuck I yeah. mean, like. Out, yeah. Like. I, it was over. I was. Never, I mean, there, was there a point you thought that was there a point that you thought you'd be there for the rest of your life? Yeah, because at first I didn't want to go bad. Oh right. I didn't want to cooperate for nothing. Yeah. Right. You know, and then I did it. You know. Wow. So then people were on shock. Right. So there's that was one of the articles mm-hmm. <laughs> I think is that people there was I guess from I think it was one of the neighborhoods uh, I don't remember where but um, they were angry that you were out. I mean. Fuck not, yeah. And they, I mean, they they feel like you're well, you know, you understand some. A lot of the information that these guys get, like Jerry Capisi, he's a stone cold moron, the guy. And I'm not gonna get into him. He's just uh, he takes information from criminals. He takes information from people that um, really are gonna talk bad about me because they hate me now. Right. So how you take information from people that you know are obviously gonna say have bullshit about me? You know what I'm saying? Get right. your information right. You know what I mean? He's just fishing for a story. And he's saying nonsense, you know what I mean? Like he says some true stuff and then he, he'll contradict himself. He'll say one thing about me and then say another thing about me in the same story. Right. So he makes no sense. That's why I just pay no mind to it. So now, okay, so now you're, now you're 35. 35, I'll be 36, yeah. Wow. A couple months. Um, what, is, what do you hope life looks like for you from here on out? Oh man, I'm, like I said, I'm trying to. Um, I'm gonna try to help a lot. The second chance program. I'm trying to get into it with a light. He's. Uh, I'm gonna start getting into that, right. talking to people. So how do you? Sorry to interrupt you, but how do you? Um, how do you and a light kind of get to know each other? Um, well, he worked for my uncle back in the day, okay. and he was known to the area. I mean, like I said, I don't toot no one's horn. I'm not here to boost anybody. He was maniac in the street. Everybody knew that. So whoever says no, they're lying. You know what I mean? Whoever uh, tries to say he's a liar, this and that, all the bullshit. He was notorious. Everyone knew who he was. He was out of control. So, like, you know, I wasn't as bad as he was, but I was bad. You know, I was considered a cowboy, as they say. Right. So, um, like, like I said, he, he was a no nut job. He worked for my uncle, and I knew his sons, too. I played football with his kids, you know, and um, we kind of knew each other. My, my, my family members knew him very well, and my cousin Anthony, um, who was Fat Andy's son, my cousin was um, really good friends with him, too. So, we kind of, you know, like and how, how, is he, how has he helped you since you've gotten out? 
Yeah, he's he he uh he really has, man. He really he really helped me a lot. He's really he talks to me a lot, you know, because I'm a hothead and I might see something I don't like and I fly off the handle. I'm like, you can't do that no more, you know. He's you know trying to make me not be so crazy because I'm quick to, you know. So I'm trying to you know do that now and then hopefully help other people with that, you know. And do you feel like I mean one of the things that when I had him on that I talked uh, that he talked to me about was. He feels like he had a lot of PTSD from from jail and just from the past. And do you feel like you have some of that at all? Yeah, I mean, I have. I get anxiety, you know, but yeah. um, not not that bad, you know. He did a lot worse time than I did right. he was in Brazil and stuff yeah, like that. But like that's that's different, you know. I do a little bit, but not really, you know. Do you do you uh, have you tried therapy or any any things like anger that? management? I'm doing now. I, I mean, I anger management. It's more like therapy talking like right. that for my anger. Does it does it help? Do you feel like? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. You know. Where do you where do you feel like um like what are some of the things if you had to, to recommend to, to people who are in crime now or that that are thinking about it or are in it and still have the opportunity to get out? Like how do you tell them Like I said, you can't tell a mafia guy nothing. So it's like if you if what I'm saying right now, oh he's a jerk off, blah, blah, blah. you know, so it's like he sold out all the crap. But if you really break it down, you're signing up to die. <laughs> you're signing up to go to jail. You're signing up to be betrayed by your friends. It's it's a joke. You know what I mean? It's like um it, it's it's just disgusting. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing good about it. You know, people deep down really don't like you. You know, you're hurting people, you're right. doing things they might out of fear say, Oh, hey, how you doing? They really don't like you deep down. You know, a lot of people are happy. Ronnie G, who I work for, people hated him. Mm. They're happy he's in jail. Like so many people like are happy he's gone. They'll pretend because they don't want to hear the bull crap. But deep down inside, they really don't like us, you know? Do you fear Do you fear your life now that you're out? Do you think that people are still—do are are, you know if there are people that are still trying to get I mean, you? I mean, I'm sure somebody would like to, you know? Why not? You know, it's a nice little uh, notch under their belt, you know? They made a move on me to kiss ass, you know? People do that, you know? Do you, does that scare you? I mean, no. I mean, you know, what am I going to do, you know? I'm living in New York. My, they didn't want me to live in New York at all, my prosecutors. And you decided why? I wanted to. That's where my family is. You know, everyone is. What am I going to do? You know? Right. So I wanted to go back to New York. And how do you, I mean, you know, just financially speaking and survival, like now that, you know, you don't make money that way. Right. So uh, nine to five, I'm working. You know, I work for my uh, family member and um, I'm trying to get into the union and just be a regular guy, you know? Does that, does it ever tempt you knowing, knowing yeah. that, knowing how, well, not even just like that stuff, but the, the ways that you're making money before is so easy. easy. So, oh, you know. Oh, my God, yeah. I never worked a day in my life. But <laughs> so it's like, you know, this is new for me, but I'm going to do it because. How's I, that been so far? It's good. It's fine. You know, some days it's not, you know, right. some days I'll be miserable, but for the most part, it's fine. You know? Wow. I'm getting used to it. My thing is I want to really explain to people, like, you're wasting your time. Gangs, you know, Bloods, Crips, Latin Kings, everybody, you know. MS-13 is there. I don't know what them, their story is, but I'm saying the, <laughs> the Bloods, the Crips, the Latin Kings, the gangs that I um, interacted right. with, they're all good people, a lot of them, and they just, you know, stirred the wrong way, you know? Uh, if you get a chance to talk to a 16-year-old kid that don't know any better, and, you know, he thinks, like, uh, going to cut someone's face is going to get him points, or, you know, doing 10 years in prison, now he's the man. When you go to jail, you lose everything, man. No, you, you just do. And, um... If you have nobody like a support system, you're really screwed up in the game. So these kids get in there, they have no one looking out for them, like I said, no um, no mom, no dad, and they have nothing else to turn to. Now, if you have someone that could talk to them and, you know, like you have a choice, you do. 
you do have a choice at the end of the day. You can make a choice. You can go to school. You can do that. And I would love to see like kids just do better for themselves, you know, not get involved with these waste of time, you know. It's just such a waste. I wasted so many years of my life and it's, I have nothing to show for it. You do, you, do you feel like, have you had like particular conversations since getting out with I have people some hitting kids? Me, I have people hitting me up after that valley and it's cool. And they talk to me on the Instagram and they hit me up like, man, you know, I like your interview and I can relate to you. And I've talked, and I talk to them, you know, I tell them, yeah, man, listen, I'm telling you, I've been to hell and back. There's no point. There's no point. You know, you get nothing out of it. If you want a reputation, I mean, it does nothing for you. All you're going to be is the guy sitting doing life and say, oh yeah, he was a stand-up guy. They'll forget about you two years later when I'm not, no money coming in. Yeah. You'll just be a, a, a neighborhood legend, you know, yeah. for nothing. Uh, are you, are you comp- legally, are you completely um, immune from like new charges arising? Like, are you like completely good? Like, there's no fear. Yeah, there's of- nothing else. I admit it to everything. Okay. Yeah, everything. All my crimes are, are admitted to, done wow. with. Yeah. I mean, technically speaking, you know, 35 and you're out and you, you know, you're in a pretty good position considering oh, yeah. where like maybe a year ago you thought you would be. No, well, um, even well, like I said, this was it for me. Right. This was it. I, it was over for me. I was coming home, an old man. You know, this was it. Wow. Yeah. This was this was the. So this is your. I mean, second chance program. This is your second chance at life. Yeah, I won't mess this up. You know, I'm gonna do the right thing. I'm really gonna uh, use my voice for a good reason now. You know. Have you been around? Have you been able to surround yourself with the right people since getting yeah. back out? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. I still, like I said, I still have a lot of good people around me. And your family has been... Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you feel like it's... I mean, one of the big things that, um, you know, with, with some criminals that, that get out is... This system, I don't think, makes it easy for people who've been locked up for a while to acclimate back into real life. You know, it's it's really... I mean, not only because of your record, but, um, you know, right. it's, it's, it's hard to go from being in jail for three, four, five years and multiple times before to then going back and be like, okay, go live, you know? So hard. I mean, you know, and like I said, my prosecutor, who I'm really uh, cool with, and the agents, they even talk to me like, you know, I know it's going to be hard, but you got to, you know, you know, got to, you got to do the right thing. You know what I mean? Don't, don't make a fool, you know, don't, uh, don't mess up. You know what I mean? They, they're on me. You know, they don't want to see me mess up. They really want to see me succeed. And that's also good. I have them supporting me also. They really, uh, they'll, they say, call me anytime, you know, if you feel like, you know, you're going to mess up, you know, anything like that, just, you know. Try to try to stay right, and I'm doing it. I is really there am. is there how like do you feel? I, I ask this to some people who who kind of go in and out of jail. Sometimes is do you feel like you're still that same person? I mean, it's it's hard to be a new person in a I, second. I told my prosecutors, I said you can't just wave a wand over my head and say abracadabra, good guy. Yeah. That's not real. I says it's going to take time. You know what I'm saying? It's like I I'm getting better. You know what I mean? I mean, there's times where I was in situations not in jail, in the witness unit. You can't get into fights. And I had to hold myself back. But, you know, you're around a bunch of people that are all murder. Um, you're at all murderers. You're at all bad crimes. And, you know, you got to see if you can control yourself. And I was doing it. You know, I was behaving. I couldn't believe it. Is there, is there now, even if there's maybe like a, a slight like moment where you feel a little angry, is there like a one thought that you go, do you, do you think about jail and all that? And you're like, don't do it. Like, yeah, I can't. I can't. Because I can't put everybody through that again. I can't. Yeah. You know, my mother does time with me. You know, all of them. It's horrible. So it's like I'm not doing it again. I got a good thing going right now. You know, hopefully I could. You know, I'm a regular guy now. You know. Yeah. Do you feel like? Do you feel like these people that are um, 
I asked John this question actually. I, do do you feel like you could be a good guy and also you know I mean for him it was a little different. He he was more brutal in a right. sense. Um, but do you feel like you could be a good guy and commit all these crimes? Do you feel like yeah, at, at I heart? was a good I was a good guy. I yeah. would give anyone anything. I, I, a lot of people won't admit to it now because I went bad. But before that, I, I would do anything for anyone. You call me right. at four in the morning, I run out of my house for you. Right. You know, and um, a lot of people knew that with me. I, I if you needed money, anything, I always looked out for people. But in the same sense, I also did bad things. Right. It was so weird. I could be the greatest guy in the world or the or the biggest fuck in the world. You know, it was just it's the way it is. You know. If there's, to wrap things up, if there's one thing that you hope people can, um, that you feel maybe is a misconception about you or um, that you hope people can better understand you, um, is it, what do you hope it is? To let, I mean, to, I mean, this is a hard question. I mean, uh, I don't know. I really can't answer that. I don't know. Um, I think like what I want to think of me now. I feel like I can answer it for you. Well, I, I feel like that you're that you're not that you're not a bad guy. You know that you're right. that you don't like even when you're talking about like if someone that you love is like I need you now like that you'll you'll go at four in the morning. Um, that I think you know, and I hope for you. Um, and I think that you know having you on my show and and doing other things, hopefully more in the future, is um, you know it really shows you that. Yeah, there's there's so much more to life, and I and I and I and it really what's great to, to hear you talk is that there's so much. Um, you do really feel like you're grateful to be out. Oh, you know, yeah. like this is this is your second chance at life, and um, and you know I'm confident, and I and I and I hope that you know you have lots and lots of years of beautiful man. life ahead, and no more of the crime and no, and uh, yeah, man. I I just hope you know that people like Alight, who's uh, who's great when he came on, and you know to have I think it's important to have people who who understand you because like for me, you know, like I'll never be able to understand what you went through, right? But I'm I, it's it's so reassuring and and good to know that there are people like Alight, people like that are that are there to mentor you in a different way, you know, because right. Alight's older, he's been right. through all that, he knows what that experience was like, right? And you know, like like I said, even when you know that consider cooperators, you know, people are gonna hate on you, people are gonna say things about you you right. don't want to hear and you have to deal with it. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be good and it's going to be bad. Yeah. You know, so there's really nothing you could do about it, you know? Um, but I'm glad that he, you know, took me and, you know, I'm really trying to do this thing with him, you know? And um, I have people, like I said, hit me, UK. I'm like, hit me up, asking me things, you know, it's pretty wild. And I'm like, yes, talk, call me anytime, tell them kids anything, you know? You need my help, you want to talk to me? I've been to hell and back, man. So. Perfect. That's, that's good. Thank you, man. Thank you yes. for coming on and uh, I wish you nothing but the best in this Thank next you. life, man. Appreciate you having me. Perfect. Thank you. All right.